Could the Baltimore Ravens still land DeAndre Hopkins even after signing Odell Beckham Jr.? We talk about that possibility, how realistic it is. Also get into Odell Beckham and the financials behind his contract and how he could earn his incentives. Talk about mailbag questions, Lamar Jackson. So much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We return. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher. Ravens are we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us, being here, making us your first listen each and every day. Free and available, all podcasting platforms, including over on YouTube. And you can subscribe for free, both in video form and in audio form as well. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. We do five days a week, Monday through Friday, Ravens content. So many Ravens news, analysis, updates, big moves. We go live. We have a ton of content here. Been doing this since 2019, and, and it's been amazing talking about this team. I'm excited to keep doing it. And it's obviously been exciting because Odo Beckham Jr., now a member of the Baltimore Ravens. We have a lot to talk about with him. But whether the Ravens could actually go out there and maybe do more, get more veterans and acquire maybe another star. We'll talk about the potential possibility. But if the Ravens could still land DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, even after signing Odell. So we'll talk about that in the first segment, getting to Hopkins, how realistic that is. Then in the second segment, we'll talk a bit more about Odell. The contract structure came out reportedly. We have more information on that. We talked with Brian McFarland, Ravens salary cap yesterday. It was a great episode. Brian was super insightful. was really happy to have him on. He dropped a ton of information on what Odell's contract means for the Ravens salary cap, Lamar and what that could be and what the situation could play out as. Now the Ravens can create more salary caps. So be sure to check out that episode as well. Then in the final segment, we'll answer mailbag questions. Obviously, a lot of them about Odell, some about Lamar in there as well. So a ton to dive into here today on the show, but let's first start off with our main topic with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is someone who a lot of people have had their eye on for a while. He seems to be out in Arizona. Nothing has happened yet, but feels like Arizona and Hopkins are, are moving on one way or the other. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Now, with Odell coming to the fold, the question has become, and Rich Eisen talked about it on his show and he said, go, you know, keep going. You know, you get, you get Odell, you get Nelson Aguilar, keep going and get DeAndre Hopkins. So I want to talk about that possibility a little bit. First of all, we, we know who the player DeAndre Hopkins is right now. He's obviously one of the best receivers in the league still age for him, you know, much like Odell, you still look at that as potentially a factor. He's 30 years old. He'll be turning 31 in June, but he's a 6'1", 212 pound guy. He's been in the league since 2013, and, and he's been dominant. I mean, he's been an absolutely dominant player. Over the course of his 10 years in the NFL, crazy, he's going into year 11 now. But over his 10 years in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins has had 853 catches, 11,298 yards, 71 touchdowns. And, we, and we've talked about DeAndre Hopkins on the show. Should the Ravens go out there and acquire him? What would it cost for them to go get DeAndre Hopkins? But now with Odell in the fold, that adds a different wrinkle to this conversation because – I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine a wide receiver room or just an offense in general? If, if everything goes according to plan, Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, 
Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews, Isaiah Likely. That's a that's a good offense. Good offensive skill position players, plus the offensive line. You have Ronnie Stanley and, and Kevin Zeitler and Tyra Linderbaum and Morgan Moses and whoever the left guard is going to be. That, to me, is an insane and incredible offense. But you have to look at this also from the perspective that, look, the Ravens just gave Odell a one-year up to $18 million deal, and 15 mil of that is guaranteed. So where do you find the money? Well, we, we heard the reports coming out. Seems to be Odell's contract structure has been put out there. His cap hit for this year is apparently just $3.9 million. So right now, Baltimore does not have a lot of room to work with. Obviously, they'd have to restructure a couple of guys, and I think they will have to. Brian and I talked about that yesterday. But it seems like a restructure or two could be coming. Obviously, the, the best way to clear up cap space, the most realistic way this happens, DeAndre Hopkins to Baltimore in a trade, is – if Lamar gets signed to an extension, you can lower that first year cap hit looking at Deandre Hopkins and his contract right now. He's on a deal where his base salary would be $19 million. And then next year in 2024 would be 14 million. His cap hit for Arizona right now is 30 million followed by 26. Now Arizona can get out of that. They would save 8 million against the cap. If they were to cut him this year. And then next year it'd be right around 15 or 14 ish million dollars. There have been rumors that if Arizona doesn't find a partner, they're just going to outright release him. If that's the case, bring I'm all for DeAndre Hopkins. Bring me DeAndre Hopkins in Baltimore because I would love that trio. Rashad Bateman and Odell and DeAndre Hopkins. Plus, you can't even not even talk about Mark Andrews and everybody else they have. But in a trade, it might be a little more difficult, obviously, for what this base salary would be, what the cap hit would be for him the Ravens just don't have that money right now. And while a Lamar extension would clear up a lot, you could restructure guys like Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, a guy like Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey as well. We haven't seen that yet. And the Ravens also have a need at corner. You know, they, they have other needs here and there as well. I think a veteran corner, it's not going to like any corner they sign right now, whether it's Rocky Yassin or Marcus Peters, that's not gonna, <laughs> it's not going to be a, wow, he's getting 15 per season. But you still need cap space because right now Baltimore does not have a lot of it. And obviously the void years with Odell, you know, maybe DeAndre Hopkins. And he's maybe he said this a little bit. Maybe the fact that if he gets traded, he'd be willing to work and restructure his deal to be a bit more team friendly. But if he gets traded, he'll probably want some sort of extension, some financial commitment from that team. And I think that could be the tricky part with how the Ravens could maneuver that and kind of shifting the the money from the defense to the offensive side of the ball. Something I think they should do, but at this point, is DeAndre Hopkins realistic enough to say, well, yeah, you just signed Odell to this huge contract. There's not a lot of cap space left. If you restructure all these deals, you could have it, but where would that money go? Would it go to another receiver? I would be totally fine if the Ravens did it. So I think it's super realistic. Probably not. I mean, I think that ship is probably sailed. I think, again, if he's cut, that's a different conversation because on top of all this, on top of, you know, figuring out the contract, how much you're paying him, figuring out what you're allocating to wide receiver. What's the draft capital going to be? To me, I think DeAndre Hopkins at this point for Arizona fetches no more than a third round pick. I would pay that price for DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously what you got to look at is the Ravens only have five picks right now. That is very uncharacteristic for the Ravens. You, you don't really see them. I mean, based off like the last two draft classes, it's very uncharacteristic. I mean, the Ravens had six picks alone in the fourth round last year. It's still incredible to think. I thought they were going to trade a couple, like maybe package a few, move up into maybe the end of day two. No, they they kept all six of those bad boys and they used them. They used every single one. So I think Eric DaCosta, and he has said as, he has said as such, 
they want more draft picks. So the Ravens want more draft picks. And so in terms of giving up one or two for DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know if they'd be willing to do that right now, especially after they signed Odell. I think for the Ravens, it was always going to be one, like one veteran guy, whether it was Odell or DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton or whoever else, Mike Evans, if you want to go that far too. I'm not saying it's a zero. Like I think there is still a possibility if the Ravens truly want to go all in and say, Hey, Lamar, you know, we're giving you finally these weapons. We got you Odell, but now what about this? And they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, but I think it would be like, would Arizona even cut? Like, would they realistically cut him at this point? Arizona obviously is in a weird spot. Their defense is not good whatsoever. Kyler Murray obviously tore his ACL late in the season, and he's my dynasty quarterback, so get well soon. Not just for that, obviously, just in general, but get well soon to Kyler Murray. But when's he going to be back? Is, is, is it the Colt McCoy show in Arizona? I mean, this is this seems like a lost year for Arizona. Do they just hold on to DeAndre Hopkins and let him go after, 20, after the season ends? and only incur the 11 million in dead cap as opposed to the 22, maybe they say, look, we don't have to trade DeAndre. I think it's much more realistic for the Ravens if he's cut, because obviously even then it wouldn't count against the compensatory pick formula. But I just, I I am, I'm just imagining that offense. I keep going back to imagining that offense. I think it would be so cool. It'd be so fun. After years of talking about how the Ravens have not gone out there and gotten Lamar, this veteran wide receiver one going out there and getting him two would be insane. Rashad Bateman is your number three is incredible. Like I I'm all for that. I would love it, but you know, that to me is what I'm imagining in reality. I, you know, bringing it back, I got, I got carried away for a second in reality. I think that it's more likely the Ravens kind of spend their money on a corner, a veteran guy. Maybe they maybe bring in an edge guy, maybe bring back Justin Houston, the defensive line depth, and maybe one more veteran, but I think they're more so focusing now on the draft. I think Odell was probably their big wide receiver splash. So I, I don't want to be, you know, you know, the guy who reigns on the parade. I, I really don't want to be because I want it to happen. But I think realistically, DeAndre Hopkins to Baltimore probably doesn't happen. Maybe I jinxed it. You know, maybe I jinxed it, and I hope I do. And the Ravens bring him in somehow, some way. If Arizona cuts him, I think that would be the best path to do that. But at this point, I think Baltimore probably sticks to what they have outside of the draft. Like, I think the veteran aspect of this is set. That was kind of my plan where the Ravens add two veterans and, and draft two young guys, or maybe just it's a James Prochet in a draft pick. So they have the two veterans. They have Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay. Now it's who are the two young guys? Is it a wide receiver in the first round? Is it a wide receiver in the third round? Do they keep James Prochet? Do they keep Tylen Wallace? We'll see what happens. But unfortunately, at this point, things change. But at this point, I don't see... DeAndre Hopkins coming to Baltimore. I think it's just Odell and Nelson Aguilar in the veteran department there. But coming up, we'll continue talking about Odell, look a bit into the contract specs that have reportedly come out here, continuing our conversation from what we did yesterday with Brian in yesterday's show. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but don't want to compromise the taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy in taste and amazing as well. And seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think they're good for you. You have to try this. And what makes them so good is for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box for you. I've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, and now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. While you can still get your specialty flavors still at Built.com, that's right. 
Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club run, grab a 13-bar box with hip flavors, such as brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher is still here with you. We just talked about the potential, the potential of DeAndre Hopkins coming to Baltimore alongside Odell. Let's talk a bit more about Odell. Salary cap came out. You know, salary cap implications for Odell came out over the course of yesterday, and they've been leaked. I mean, Brian McFarland talked about the potential, and we talked about it on yesterday's show, about the void years. But now we know how Odell can earn those incentives, which I think is huge, because the fact of the matter is, you know, he could earn up to $18 million here. It's not just the $15 million and guaranteed. There could be $18 million dished out to Odell here. And for the actual incentives, according to Mike Florio Pro Football Talk, how he can earn that $3 million, the potential $3 million in incentives for receptions, you know, it's 250000 for 30 catches, 500000 for 40, 750 for 50, and $1 million for 60 catches or if he leaves the team. Then receiving yards, you can earn an extra two fifty for 250 yards, 500000 for 500, 750000 for 750, and $1 million for 1,000 yards or if he leaves the team there. And receiving touchdowns, 250000 for three touchdowns, 500000 for five touchdowns, 750 for seven, and $1 million for nine, or if he leads the team. So it's a solid structure. I think this is a the incentives, I think, make it better for both the Ravens and Odell. I think Odell's going to really want to work to get those. I mean, not because not he's greedy or anything, but, you know, he wants to be the best. He wants to be great. And I think him having those extra incentives could just push him farther, could push him to be greater. And I, I don't think Odell has a motivational issue or anything like that. He's a very hard worker. But it's a, it's a good structure for Baltimore and for the Ravens here. So the, the actual money here for Odell, you know, it's been reported on, on sites like Spotrack and, and Over the Cap. But according to Over the Cap, Odell's cap hit will be around $3.9 million. And then that $11.068 million dead cap hit potentially if he does not get extended. But if he is extended, then you have the extra money spread out over those next four years, the void years, 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027. So an extension in this rate, if you don't want that $11 million cap hit, you you need to extend them because at this point, you know, what the risk of this is it just doesn't work out altogether, right? Like at that point, you know, you don't want to bring him back, but he's still going to count against their books for 11 million in 2024. And that could, again, hinder your ability to bring in for agents or sign them order and extensions, you know, stuff along those lines. But that $3.9 million cap, and I mean, they, they couldn't give him that 15 million guaranteed all up front. They had to spread it out. And each year that this goes, so each year that it goes and go up to 2027, there's that 2.767 or around that money that they have to spread out. So that 15 million, they're spreading it out over the course of those four void years. So it's going to be that 11.068 million charge if he doesn't extend. But if they do extend, then each year, each 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027 is 2.67 against the cap each year. So that's how you kind of work around. You add the void years, you spread out that signing bonus for the course of these four void years. And it lessens the cap hit that you have. It lessens the number that you have in the first year. And I think that for the Ravens this year is a solid cap structure. It seems like they really want to, this is an all in move. I'm not saying like the whole organization, like everybody here wants to win a Super Bowl, right? Everybody in Baltimore, everybody in that Ravens organization, their goal is to win the Super Bowl. Odell was the best receiver on that market. You know, that was the best guy. If it wasn't him, it would be Demarcus Robinson or Richie James, who was signed by the Chiefs. But 
now you get a guy in Odell who, again, 30, almost 31 years old, coming off the ACL surgery. But we got the medical updates over the course of the last couple of days here. And apparently that knee wasn't even healthy in the Super Bowl. And he was able to take the time, recover fully, and he's back, apparently, fully healthy. Hopefully he is. And hopefully health permitting, age permitting, he's going to be able to be a major, major contributor to this team. But the health updates were very, I'd say, encouraging. They, they were very encouraging. You know, Ian Rappaport reported on the Pat McAfee show, I believe that was about Odell's health. And he said, quote, his ACL was not fully healthy during the Super Bowl. Obviously he tore it, but it wasn't healthy before that. More than a year removed from the ACL surgery. His knee is healthier now than it's been in quite some time. The Ravens are getting a very good and very healthy player. And that, that's all you can ask for, right? Health is the key here. And when you look throughout all of sports, teams who are healthy have a much better shot. And obviously, the right? But you just have to take into account how big, how important it is for Odell to be healthy, how important it is for Rashad Bateman to be healthy. If those guys can't, if they can't finish the season, that's that's huge. I mean, we've seen it the past couple of years with Lamar. Lamar is the engine. He makes this team go. If Lamar can't finish the year, as we've seen the past two years, their ceiling drops dramatically. Their floor is so much lower. And their offense just can't score consistently high highest amount of points. It's just, it doesn't happen. We've seen it with Tyler Huntley. It, it has not been the same without Lamar in there. So health with Odell, health with Rashad Bateman, health with Lamar Jackson, it's going to be key. Maybe the Steve Saunders switch will make the Ravens a healthier team. Obviously, there were major problems within the organization with Steve Saunders. I would be very scared if Odell was coming into a Steve Saunders-led training program. I think now that he is gone, it gives it gives the Ravens a lot of room for improvement and, and room to be a healthier team here. But with what we've seen them go through over the past couple of years, especially a couple of years ago in 2021, it just it makes a lot of sense for the Ravens to have taken this approach with Odell. Because remember, Odell was getting interest from teams. I think the Ravens are one of those teams, you know, Buffalo and Dallas and all those teams. And he didn't sign. Apparently, the Cowboys were the team, I believe it was, that were very scared off, very put off by the medicals, just how the knee looked. And they said, you know, he's not going to be able to contribute this year. Now, him having this full year off, will give him the opportunity. It's going to be about a year and a half by the time he actually gets back out on the field in September because the Super Bowl tear happened in February. This, to me, is a player that if the risk of age and health pays off, to me, again, he's not the Odell we saw in New York. I don't think he's that anymore. But he still has the ability to be a low-end wide receiver one. I think he does. This can be the wide receiver one for Lamar. Is it Justin Jefferson? No. Is it Jamar Chase? No, but you got another LSU receiver in, in Odell Beckham. Another one from a wide receiver U, as some people call it. I know there are a couple of schools that, that have that title. But I think for Baltimore, this is the move that they needed to make. Obviously, was it an overpay? Sure, I think it was. But it was a necessary one, especially if it brings Lamar back to the table, if he's able to convince Lamar to come back on the franchise tag. But again, to me, the Lamar situation always has come down to the money. Like That's where I think it has been. And for me... I think, you know, if, you, if Odell can have 50 catches, 800 yards, seven touchdowns, <laughs> something something in there, maybe a little less yards, a little more catches, whatever. I think that that is a worth it signing, especially if he's taking pressure off of Mark Andrews, pressure off of Rashad Bateman. So there is room for this to be really good. There's room for it to be really bad. We just, we just have to figure out which one it is. I think it really could have a huge impact. In effect, it will have a huge impact on Baltimore season. Coming up, though, we'll be answering mailbag questions, continuing talking about Odell, looking at Lamar, 
and so much more. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Locked On Ravens. We're back here, our final segment, Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still here with you again. Thank you so much for tuning in today, making us your first listen each and every day. Be sure to subscribe, video form and audio form for five days a week of Ravens content. If you have a family member or a friend who wants daily Ravens content, throw them over our way. We, we strive to give out the best Daily Ravens content here. Before we get into mailbag questions, I, I got excited talking about Odell in that last segment. I forgot to mention his press conference. His press conference is today, 1 p.m. What to expect? I, I'm assuming a lot of questions about the fit, what ended up coming to fruition between Baltimore and the Jets. But the big storyline is what's going to happen with the, the questions about Lamar? Are the, are the Ravens going to limit those questions again? Are they going to say, well, it's all about Odell? But Odell and Lamar very similar. I mean, the Ravens put out that video or the, the picture of them on FaceTime. Do the Ravens apologize for what happened at the last press conference? I, I Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they did, but I don't think they will. I think that's kind of that happened and that's that. But I'm excited to hear what he has to say. We'll, we'll break that down tomorrow on the show here. Let's now get into some mailbag questions. Let's first start off with Certified Boy who says, can you explain what four voided contract years means? And yeah, so this is kind of what I talked about in the second segment. Void years, essentially, you're able to spread out the hit of the signing bonus over however many void years it is. So for the Ravens and Odell, it was four void years. And what they can do is with that $15 million for each year, each of those four void years, it's about $2.6 or $2.7 million dollars. Each of those four void years, there will be a $2.7 million cap charge for the Ravens. So 2024, 2025, 2026, 2027, that's if there is an extension. If there's not an extension, you can't spread it out anymore. So you have to make that all happen in the next year of that deal, which would only be 2024. And there's no extra year of that deal. It's just when that deal would have continued. So all those 2.767 or however much it is, all those kits would go into one in that 2024 year. So it's, it's a little confusing, a little complex. I hope, it did a, I hope I did an okay job explaining it. Brian McFarland talks really well about it in our episode from yesterday. So good question from Certified Boy. I know void years are kind of coming back into style. They never really, you know, they've been a thing for a while, but the Taysom Hill deal, I think, kind of pushed those into, into popularity again. The Terrible Accountant saying, if anyone's saying he's a number one wide receiver as long as going to be a wide receiver too, Bateman's going to have an incredible year as a result. OBJ is going to get double-digit touchdowns, though. And either way, I mean, I don't think he can go wrong. If Bateman ends up being the wide receiver one, if Beckham is the guy that, get, that gets the attention and Bateman benefits from that, it's fine by me. I mean, I'm really excited to see Bateman learn under Odell. I think that's really cool. They both have similar skill sets in their game, really similar nuances. So to me, I think it's really cool. And if Bateman is the number one next year and Beckham's the two, if you can kind of interchange those guys, it's like wide receiver one slash twos. Sign me up. I think that's really good. Next from Braden Howard. In the event the Ravens take a wide receiver in the first round, which prospect has the best skill set and body types lineup as the third guy with Bateman, OBJ, and Munkin's offense in your opinion? To me, Jackson Smith and Jigba is my number one guy. I think he does not fall to the Ravens. I think Tennessee is a spot if they don't take an offensive lineman. Their receiver room is worse than Baltimore's at this point. So maybe they take him. I, I might be in the unpopular opinion category with this one. I think Jackson, I think if it's not Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, in terms of like an actual frame you want, huge guy. He's he's like that athletic freak. Bateman and, and OBJ. You know, they're not six four guys. Like I think for the Ravens and their their skill sets and their wide receivers they have on their roster right now, if you can get a big bodied guy who plays like a big bodied guy, and obviously Quentin Johnson has to play like a big bodied guy, but I think he would be somebody who 
I would be willing to maybe take a risk on if there isn't a guy like a corner in the first round that's available. I think Quentin Johnston in terms of the four, if we're talking Smith and Jigba, Johnston, Flowers, and, and Addison, I think if you want the at like what frame, you know, what skill set and body type, I think what the Ravens don't have is a big body guy like Quentin Johnston. So we'll see what they end up do, doing there. But in terms of the skill set, you know, I don't know. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is the is the most skilled wide receiver in this class for me. Then Adit Mahmoud saying, given that Bashadi was involved and the Ravens were talking to Odell since last December and signed him with the potential dead cap of 11 after this year, do you think Odell is in the long-term plans? I'm like, Watkins need Deshaun Des and probably Aguilar. I think it's a good question. I think they went into this with the openness of saying, and I think they have to now with the deal and how it's structured of, yeah, this could potentially be more than a one-year partnership. This is It's almost like an audition for both the Ravens and for Odell in terms of where they could be able to figure out where the partnership works, where it doesn't obviously disaster for them as if it just, it doesn't work out at all. Guys get injured. They don't win. They're kind of back to where they started. Odell leaves, maybe Lamar leaves. That is absolute disaster. I think any situation where Odell leaves is not good for the Ravens. Like I think you have to at least consider the possibility of an extension here to continue to have those void years work to have those 2.7 million cap charges over the five years instead of the 11.068 in one. So I think they made this deal with the potential to have him in their plans. I don't think it's a given. I think it makes it more likely with the whole extension possibility. But I think at this point, Odell, if he can prove that he can be a top receiver in this league or at least close to it, I have no reason to see why Baltimore wouldn't extend him. So hopefully, hopefully it goes that way. Aaron asking with the Odell signing, will the team draft a corner in the first round? That's my most likely possibility. I, I think that, at this point, wide receiver is still fine if they take a wide out in the first round. They could go best player available. You know, Bijan Robinson, and I'll kind of duck for that one because uh, I, I know how some people feel about that. But I think corner is, is the biggest need now on the roster. They don't have a lot of them outside of Marlon Humphrey. Joey Porter Jr. is my dream there. I think if they can get Joey Porter Jr., that is that would be incredible. Maybe they draft Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, second-round guys, include guys like Julius Brent, Tyreek Stevenson, both those guys I really like. If you go down to the third round, it's – Clark Phillips, Travis Hodges, Thomas, and this is an insane corner class. There, there are so many good corners, but I think in the first round, if there are enough guys that they like in the first round corner-wise, like if Cam Smith, Deontay Banks, some of those other guys, there's not a lot of a gap. The Ravens could trade back and they could opt to do that, but if there's a no-brainer prospect on the board, they probably take him, but at this point, I don't know. I feel like what the Ravens have had to offer – I think the corner would be my pick for them in the first round. Kevin, I like the name, asking, question is, has he physically put pen to paper? Are we still in Zedarius Smith territory? Well, he arrived in Baltimore last night with uh, with his son in hand. You know, a bunch of pictures taken. He is here. He is in Baltimore. I think, you know, they'll, they'll post a picture of him putting pen to paper tomorrow. Then they'll have the press conference, or today, it'll probably be today. Then they have the press conference as well today. So, I think that, you know, if it, if it doesn't happen today, it's a problem. You know, <laughs> if the press conference that it doesn't happen, that's a huge problem. But uh, I, th- I think all, all is well with Odell. I hope it didn't jinx anything there, but I believe all is well. Carl Slove asking, which of the 2022 wide receiver room members besides Bateman will likely have a role now that OBJ and Aguilar expected to be regular starters? Uh, maybe Carmi's new role, but in terms of a role, I think that Devin Duvernay is the one who you maybe could look at and saying that his snaps might be reduced. In fact, I think they will be reduced with, with the two guys coming in. I think Duvernay is a really talented player, but you, you have a lot of mouths to feed in that offense, plus Mark Andrews and plus the target you want to give to Isaiah likely in the running back. So someone who I expect to be, 
you know, maybe in a newer role this year, it'd be Devin Duvernay. I'm, I'm excited to see how they utilize him, but we'll see. We'll see how that ends up going. And then finally from BT Myers, do we think that the Ravens front office will get a long-term extension then with more flexibility and not lose out on so much dead cap for OBJ? Again, I, th- I think it's more of a possibility that you have that provision in there. You know, if, if this was kind of like, oh, it's one year and if it works, well, there's it's fine, but it doesn't matter. There's no cap implications. There, there wouldn't be as much pressure, but I think there is, there's a little pressure now. Like there is pressure for this move to work. I mean, if it doesn't work, it's a disaster because one, it doesn't help you on the field this year. And two, you got to deal with the cap hit if he doesn't resign you. There's no extension. So that to me, like this is why it's a risk. It's a risk of a deal, not just because of that, but because of the age, because of the health. A lot of things have to go right in this move. And I think that they can. I'm not saying, you know, this is a horrible, terrible move and it's never going to work. I think there's a real possibility this works out. I'm excited for Odell. I'm excited for him to come into Baltimore, show off his skill set. But if it doesn't work, when you had guys you could potentially trade for like DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton, when you could have signed a guy like a Jacoby Myers or an Alan Lazard, and I'm not saying those are, you know, pure top five wide receivers. They're not. But, you know, the Ravens made the choice to go after Odell. And if it doesn't work, that's their first big splash wide receiver wise, at least free agent wide receiver wise or trade wide receiver wise in many years. And if it doesn't work out in, in a very pivotal year for Baltimore, could spell some disaster. For the Ravens. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. When we get back here tomorrow, rounding out the week, more Odell, more Lamar, more Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and I'll see you right back here tomorrow.